Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. So I just wanted to give people the opportunity to hear your story, mainly because I think you have a very uh, unique journey in a way that I feel like, and of course they don't know it yet, but we'll talk about that today, in a way that I feel a lot of people or a lot of women, they get intimidated by and I think in their own lives, taking some of like the, the steps of faith that you've, ta- you've taken, okay. that I have the privilege of, of knowing about your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that if more people and uh, more women, this podcast is specifically for women, have the access to these stories, that they will feel less afraid to take mm-hmm. some of these faith moves yeah. in their own life. So, yeah, Quinn, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, what are some of your passions? And we'll like <laughs> jump into how I met you and why I invited you here today. I'm Quinn. I'm originally from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. I, uh, I grew up in a two-parent household with my two sisters. Um, who I love. I am the middle of three girls um, and an aunt to a, a wonderful nephew. That is how I would describe myself. Okay, really? That's say. it? Yeah. That's I all mean, you would say? Well, I guess at this point in my life, I'm trying to be more intentional about um, my family relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I mm-hmm. just gave so much emphasis on my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are other things that people would find that people find fascinating about me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I am on my fourth degree mm-hmm. as of today. It will be finished in a number of weeks. Hey. I am so excited to be finished with that. Um, when people ask me, you know, what do I do? I usually tell them that I'm a preacher. Um, I uh, plan to be a pastor and uh that is how i that is how i would um hope to be remembered that's what's up actually okay so we met um you were doing an internship for your mdiv right your masters of divinity i was working at the church that you were doing your internship at the time and i think that's really how we met there was no real formal we were in a no oh you know what we were in a training for a a trauma yes like intervention program (laughs) it's not funny it's not funny it's not it's but that is but yes that is that is how we met we were sitting in the training and and i heard you say you wanted to be a pastor and when i hear women young women who say that i'm like my yeah. like antennas are we, go off. Are we the same age? Thirty two? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're not thirty two yet, right? Not yet. I, yeah. I turned thirty this year. Okay. Oh man. Don't do that because I'm 32. <laughs> so you can't you can't do that. It's, you know what? Thinking about the fact that I'm I'm turning thirty, I don't think that. You know when you're a kid and you think that 30 is so Super old, old, but it doesn't feel like it when you get exactly. there. Exactly. like so we're talking young. about. I still feel like I'm 15. I don't know what anyone's talking about. Exactly. But yeah, so we met in that capacity right. um, and kind of just developed an um, authentic, just like space of like sharing and getting to know each other. It wasn't a huge amount of time, but it was just like, who is this girl? You know, like, what's her story? I'm big on like, I want to know your story mm-hmm. if for some reason something about you draws me in and I think that that's we only had like what a couple of months before you then left and went off um and you know continued on on your educational career path so take take us back a little bit okay what was your first second and third degree and what is the fourth degree that you're working on right now and what has been the motivation that has moved you into those different lanes okay I'll give the whole story 
Um, my first degree I did at Hampton mm. University in Hampton, Virginia. It <laughs> is um, a bachelor's in accounting. Okay. I've always been good at math. I originally started um, as a marketing major, and then accounting accounting 101 was one of the required courses for that degree program, mm -hmm. and I did super well in it, and I decided that, um, you know, I should just make this my major, because I thought accounting 101 was fairly easy, um, so I just... I transitioned into accounting, um, and I stopped thinking that it was easy by the time we got to um, senior year. So that was, that at that point, that was going to be my career. I was going to be an accountant. I had no aspirations to do anything else. I thought Wait, I... Wait, so pause. When, when you were in school to be an accountant, or prior to that, did you <clears throat> already have any type of like inclinations for ministry or preaching that were already present in your heart? Yes, but I didn't know about them. I didn't I didn't articulate it in a way that I would have been narrowly focused on ministry. Mm -hmm. When I was as like a career path. As a career path. Mm -hmm. When I was um 15 or 16, I remember mentioning out of the blue to my boyfriend that I would end up in ministry in my 30s. Just out of the blue was a thought. I don't even know where the thought came you just from. Said it. You ever had? You ever had that? It's just you just say something. It's like I need to say this, and I don't really know why. But I mm. said it, and he didn't know what to do with it, and <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. So we just left it at that. Okay. I'm gonna end up in ministry in my 30s. Okay, and that was that. But as a, and then even as a kid, I mean, in retrospect, I can look at all of. I can I can pinpoint yeah. moments of my life that right. now make makes sense. it make sense. Yeah, but I that totally was probably like as a teenager, I. I grew up in church. Mm -hmm. I knew that mm -hmm. God would always be a part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I can look back and think about many instances that clearly identified me as a preacher at mm -hmm. a very early mm -hmm. age. But that was probably the only time that I articulated to mm -hmm. anybody that I would that mm -hmm. I would end up in ministry. Mm -hmm. After I finished my accounting degree at Hampton, I moved back home to Maryland. Um, I moved back home to Maryland, kind of worked the accounting thing and then I started my um, my nonprofit which is which is a youth mentoring program um, at 21 thinking mm -hmm. I knew everything and I can just mentor everybody mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's that how it is <laughs> when you know what you know you just yeah. want to give it to people girl I think I thought I knew everything and I was dating this guy that I thought I was going to marry um, and we by the time I was 24 we had already like been planning our entire lives together mm. um, that ended up not working. I left that relationship around the same time that I left an accounting position. Hmm. Um, it was a managerial accounting well, position. Talk about that a shift. It was devastating. Transition. It really was devastating at that time, and I went into um, went into a depression because I thought I was a failure. Hmm. It's like everything that I had thought my life was hmm. going to be hmm. is has failed mm -hmm. at 24 at 24 okay at 24 i thought my life like, was over because that moment always feels like everything because that's what they that's what the 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 environment and the culture around me was telling me that mm. at you know by this certain age you should, by have, the time, you should, you should have your job you should have your career set mm. you should have your husband you and should be on, on your trajectory. way on your way so what happens when what you you thought you were there and then yeah. you look up and you're not exactly based on that paradigm based on that but, but that I mean that was the norm so many mm -hmm. of my friends and even my family members mm. got married at 24 25 mm -hmm. and I thought I was missing out I thought I was going to miss out if I hadn't married this man but I yeah. knew like when, when he and I began speaking about 
marriage. Mm -hmm. I, the the peace in that relationship left. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I couldn't sleep. I had insomnia. It's mm. like something about this relationship isn't right. right. And he was a good guy. Yeah, it just wasn't but it for wasn't, you. He wasn't who I was meant to be with mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, really, only God knows. Mm -hmm. Um, in that depression, I started seeing a therapist. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What were the signs that let you know you were depressed? <clears throat> I didn't get out of bed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I slept so much. I didn't. I, I mean, I wasn't eating in a normal, in a regular pattern. Mm -hmm. um, plenty of my friends, even my family, people that I lived with, you know, would come check on me. And it was odd. They were like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Those weren't normal questions. Like, it, it wasn't like a... Hey, you know how you doing? Mm -hmm. No, it was like you good. Are you? Yeah. Are you okay. I mean, it was so many times where I just didn't get out of bed because, mind you, I didn't have a job to go to mm -hmm. anymore, so mm -hmm. I really didn't have a reason to the wake motivation. up in the in the morning. Um, you know, I just wasn't taking care of myself like I usually did, mm -hmm. and it it really was for one friend who was like, "You're leaving the house today," mm -hmm. like dragging me out of bed making me go hmm. and he was like okay I want you to go see my therapist hmm. and I'm like ugh whatever you know I'll just do it just to you know so you'll yeah, shut up to say I did it and that you know that really was the change saw her for a few months um and she helped me get to a very healthy place mm -hmm. and while with her I applied to seminary really didn't even understand why I was applying to seminary for your second degree this is now my second degree okay and she, um, so I applied, not thinking that I would get in mm. because I had played around a little bit in Hampton. So let me backtrack a little bit. You were now in therapy mm -hmm. at the time. And so the last known degree and job that you had was in the field of accounting. Right. So what during <clears throat> that time of therapy caused you to say, I'm going to seminary now? I won't say that it was exactly from therapy. I think it was a result of therapy, just having a level head. Um, I'd all I'd known that I wanted to go back to school. I knew that I wanted a master's degree. And while in therapy, she she was fantastic at helping me to see my strengths. Gotcha. Because a part of me feeling like a failure was kind of highlighting and emphasizing the things that um, maybe my weaknesses. Yeah. And so she yeah. helped me highlight my strengths. What am I good at? And one of those things was that I was good at listening to people. Mm -hmm. um, I was good at analytical mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd begun a private, um, just kind of prayer and fasting and seeking God about you know what he wanted me to do because mm -hmm. even though she was helping me she wasn't the end all be all right and she, i mean she's not the holy spirit at the end exactly. of the day um so i had you know just kind of done some like kind of google searches i want i thought i was going to study philosophy mm -hmm. oh my god we're way too much like continue oh. <laughs> <laughs> i thought i wanted to study but it all philosophy. makes sense though it all makes it does. sense it, it does it, it all ties in so i was like looking at these different um philosophy programs uh -huh. okay. and I will I will never forget <laughs> I will never forget um I had made I had made up in my mind that I was going to go to school in a year okay it's going to give myself a year to kind of get everything together because you know mm -hmm. applying to mm -hmm. graduate schools you got to get a lot of information together yeah. so I was like I'll give myself a year you know I'm 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 a pretty um <laughs> not strategic but you got out, it. Every, got a goal got to accomplish me. it yeah. that is me all day long so 
I was on my way to be a bridesmaid at one of my friend's wedding. And I was getting my nails done. I'll never forget. And I'm just thinking about school, mm-hmm. like when I'm going to apply. And something asked me why wait. Like, what are we waiting for? Like, why a whole year? Yeah, why, why we need mm-hmm. to wait? Like, just kind of urging mm-hmm. me to apply mm-hmm. now. So I'm still looking at these programs. And, like, that stuck with me the whole week. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking about that thing mm-hmm. while we was riding down the road, <laughs> while we were at the wedding. I was like, why would I apply now? Like, yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah, I got a good thing to order. Exactly. I'm a, you know. So I'm looking, and I found a, I looked at the website to to school where I went. So I went to Fuller Theological Seminary. And they had rolling enrollment, mm-hmm. so you can apply at any point, at in any time. point of time. It's not in just the year. a particular and season. You can start the next yeah. quarter. They they're on a quarter system yeah. rather than a semester. Right. So they have it's four times during the year when you can start. Right. And I had just missed one of, one of the deadlines, but the next one was like in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me. Get myself together. Let me apply to Now, this. let's be clear. You're living in Maryland at the time? Living in Maryland. Fuller, Fuller is in California. In California. Yes. And I told my Southern dad. Southern California. Yeah. I told my dad. I was like, there's something in LA for me. And, I, and I, at this point, I wasn't I wasn't firm that I would gonna, was going to go to Fuller. Mm-hmm. But I knew something was in LA for me. And I really, I, at this time, I didn't put it all together. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't have anything for me. He was like, if you need to go to LA, you know, we can make that happen. Just go, mm-hmm. and um, if you if you don't like it, if you don't like it, then you can always come home. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Cause sometimes people, parents are like, "What you doing? Seminary? What you doing that for? I ain't paying for that. You can go to." I mean, my know, father. Read the Bible my father's for a very spiritual man, okay. and he. This was the first time I went to him asking for an answer, and he didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, "Okay, if something," because I think he understood. Probably better than he knows he understood. Mm-hmm. Like, this Following is, this is God. a hunch and that knowing yeah. is God, and you can't fully explain it, or right. unload it, or pack it. But you know, right. I gotta make the next move. I gotta, I gotta do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why, but it was. I mean, LA was on me. I, mm-hmm. I had even. So not only was I told something told me that I needed to be applying for school, but it was also like LA. Something mm-hmm. about LA specifically here because there's seminaries all over. It's, semin- it's seminaries in Maryland. I could have stayed mm. my little happy butt in Maryland. Right. And, you know, been comfortable with my parents and everything. So, my dad had an old client that lived um, in Arcadia, mm-hmm. which is not far from... Where the school is. Where the school is. Actually down, it's actually down the street. Mm-hmm. And he arranged for me to spend a week out there. To come and experience it. To come it. visit okay. L.A., whatever that meant. And I arranged at the same time I... At, at the same time I would be out here, I arranged a tour of the school. Okay. This is before I applied. it. So I came, and I remember falling in love with L.A. as soon as I got off the plane, girl. What did so you I, fall in love with? I, I fell in love with the mountains. Okay. We don't have that. We have mountains in Maryland, but not where I live. And it was just beautiful. The mm-hmm. weather was amazing. It was October when I came to visit. Yeah, it was 90 was degrees. <laughs> oh, I will never forget. It was so hot, but it felt good because I had left the cold, the freezing yeah. cold in yeah. Maryland. I was like, I can get used to this. Yeah. And I visited the school, and everything was wonderful. All the people were nice. Everyone was lovely. 
and they had what's called a festival of beginnings which is basically their opening chapel mm. and i remember being in the chapel with the with my tour guide at the time um and i remember feeling this overwhelming presence of god mm-hmm. it was i mean he was just there mm-hmm. it's those know. moments that you can never fully explain was, but you're so sure you know how you know how the sun like shines <laughs> in on the window yeah you know in the movies when it goes yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. that that was my experience in that chapel yeah and i don't know if you know they they so, had yeah. it was a paid production that yeah. they did it just for me yeah no but whatever it was i wanted more of it mm-hmm. um so i remember leaving leaving there thinking that everyone was, you know, high on California sunshine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and life was so mm-hmm. grand. So I applied, not thinking that I would get in again because I thought, I, you know, I had played around too much in, at Hampton. And once God had dealt with me and my my, my doubt and um, kind of like remorse for the, the decisions that I made in mm-hmm. undergrad, mm-hmm. let it go. So that was in October I came to mm-hmm. visit. I got in just before Thanksgiving. Hmm. So, like, in a matter of weeks, I was accepted into this program. And I bought a one-way ticket to L.A. probably, like, a week later. And I moved on January 2nd. So, in the in a matter of three months, yeah. three, three months, yeah. my whole life changed. Yeah. My entire life. And it yeah. was, and I was just on fumes, girl. I was, I was just riding. Like, whatever, whatever you got next, Jesus. I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm with stupid. it. Because I didn't know, I didn't know yeah. anything from anything. And yeah. I really didn't even know why I was going to seminary. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, I hadn't. Clearly the, defined, like, for myself, what exactly what Like, this. this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. but I knew this is where I needed to be. This was the be. right next this move. Is, it was just, every, I mean, everything was working out. My pastor had aligned me with some with another pastor out mm-hmm. here. This is before I met you. It, was, it wasn't at the church that we met at. Right. But he had aligned me with a pastor out here, and he was showing me around, and everything mm-hmm. was so beautiful and so grand. And mm-hmm. my entire seminary experience was like that. And you know, was, Oprah, the theologian Oprah Winfrey says, <laughs> It says you don't have to know it all in this tree. You don't have to know the full picture. You just got to make the next right decision. For us, we know that that next right decision um, sometimes is a clear unctioning from the Holy Spirit. And it's like, this is definitely what God has us to do, right? And sometimes the next decision is like, Holy Spirit, I think this is where you have me going. Mm -hmm. And I got to do something because I can't just sit here and do nothing, right? But in that moment, God was unfolding things in a way that you were certain this was the direction you were supposed to be moving in. Yeah, it's it's um I've heard it called holy discontent. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's undoubtedly yeah. God. Yeah. And it bothers you so much where like if you don't make a move, you're just gonna become more uncomfortable in mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um and that's all that's what it was mm-hmm. like throughout my entire seminary mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Like getting to LA, graduating all of it by the time i was so that's degree number two by the time i was near what your master's in divinity master's in divinity okay so we have a bachelor's in accounting master's, master's in divinity in... and this is where i met you yeah i met you because uh meeting you at the church was part of your internship to right. finish up right. your master's in divinity you have to complete an apprenticeship under a pastor right under a role like in a role that you would be in interested in so right that is what i did i was um, the gentleman that I that I interned under, he was uh, focused on discipleship. Okay. Um, I was actually placed with him. It wasn't uh-huh. my choice. Okay. I was actually placed with him, but it ended up being a divinely connection, a, a, a divine connection. Like you wouldn't yeah. believe. Like yeah. it's, sometimes 
we are still connected and yeah. it feels like he often says I feel like I'm talking to my younger self hmm. and I'm like I, I've never met anybody that understands me the way, the way he I does. like that's we could good. be rambling and we understand each other mm-hmm. it's it's just like that's all God yeah um toward the end of that wait hence it wasn't just the school that brought you to California it was the relationships mm-hmm. that God had for you to develop in yeah. this season of your life as well yeah I mean I've, that I've, built a, I've built a very full community mm-hmm. here in LA That's like amazing. this feels like home mm-hmm. even if it's a second home it feels mm-hmm. like home like the people mm-hmm. um the way that they love me here mm-hmm. is it's past family but tell me, um, what was your next decision after you finished that? Because shortly after that, you got into another program. You was out of here. I was. So in seminary, they teach you how to teach mm-hmm. the Bible, mm-hmm. how to study the Bible, mm-hmm. how to journey with people. Mm-hmm. Um, they teach you how to hold people's hands, how to be a pastor, how to be a church leader. They don't teach you how to run a church. The business side. They do not teach the that. The church is re- a business and a nonprofit. I look forward yeah. to the day where business classes are mandatory Part of seminary. in seminary. Yeah. We would have far less issues. Yeah, yeah. The, the closest church. thing I had to it was like an organization administration class. Mm-hmm. And even that was a newer concept yeah. like in in that context so you're, yeah. you're absolutely church right church is a business you don't talk about money There's you don't a, talk about you have to staff employee to. relationships you don't talk about any of that oh you seminary. have to talk about all of it management styles none of it you i mean you just you you do brand all none of it. of it all of it you need it it's yeah. necessary um I, when I finished my accounting degree, I knew I wanted my MBA, mm-hmm. but I also knew then when I was 21, I didn't, I wasn't interested in going back to school because mm-hmm. I was, I had been playing around too much. So I was like, okay, now it's time to get the MBA. I see why the MBA is necessary for what I want to do with the mm-hmm. rest of my life. I had also known that I wanted to travel. I was mm-hmm. single didn't have any kids and had have anything tying me down and I happened upon a degree program that allowed me to do all of those things simultaneously to travel to get your MBA to, to learn to about life how to um uh, well I guess the like uh, you merging it with the content seminary would be your work. That would be my yeah, work. Yeah, that's not right. you're not gonna get so that from the MBA. I did a global M- I did the global MBA the global MBA program at mm-hmm. Holt International Business School. Hope? Holt. Oh, Holt. H U L T. Okay. Holt International Business School. And I chose my home campus to be London. So I'd never been to London before. Okay. I'd never been to Europe before. Um, when I got accepted into the program, I was ecstatic. I bought a one way ticket again. Here, Crazy. here I go. Bought a one way ticket to London. Um, and I chosen, <laughs> I chose my my apartment sight unseen. Don't ever be like me. That was a bad choice. <laughs> but that's what I, I did. I mean, but sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. You yeah, can, it's not like you can just let me go to London and pick an apartment no. and come back. I didn't have and the time, go, like, and I also who didn't have money the like money. That. Like yeah. I was limited in yeah in every in every aspect. But yeah. I had to do it. This is, I had to go to school. I had mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. <laughs> I had already paid for it, so I needed to go. Um, so I landed in London. I spent nine months there. Part of our program is has the opportunity to travel to other campuses. Mm-hmm. Still the same mm-hmm. school, but they have campuses around the world. That's what makes it. it a global 
MBA. That's dope. So I chose to do my first round of electives in Dubai. Okay. So how long were you in London before you went to Dubai? Nine months. So you did nine months in London and then went to Dubai from there? Two months. For two months. Okay. And then I moved to Shanghai for two months. Okay. Um, so is this all a part of your MBA. tuition? Um... Or you the have classes, to come, yes. But you have to the come travel, up the, the, tra- okay. the travel, I had to pay for okay. on my own. But I had I had budgeted for all of that. Prior to? Prior to going. Because I knew, like, the whole reason for me doing the program, the Global MBA, was to travel. So did you know you were doing the Global, global MBA before you got your um, MDiv? Mm-mm. So it was only a small amount of time between finishing your MDiv and going off into the Global MBA. Mm-hmm. How did you have time to budget in that? That window of time. I I had some help. Uh-huh. A little bit. A little mm-hmm. bit of help. I um I come from a very blessed family mm-hmm. um, where we are comfortable. Mm-hmm. We're not um mm-hmm. in, in nobody The financial not, struggle is it's not it's not minimum. That bad. Mm-hmm. It's minimum. Like we we're not out here like falling mm-hmm. to the extreme, but we we're comfortable. Right. But it positions you to be able to make some of these moves. Right. I mean, okay. it was, I mean, and it was a stretch sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I wasn't, I couldn't, I didn't have like thousands of dollars yeah. sitting in my account, you mm-hmm. know, on every whim. I had to budget, like, yeah. while I was living in London. Right. While I was in Dubai. And it was right. so nice where I was like, okay, we gonna noodle yeah. until further yeah. notice, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but... I did. I did my best that I made it through mm-hmm. by the grace of God. A couple of times I was like, Jesus, we gonna have to make this stretch yeah. because yeah. when you start dealing with currency exchanges mm-hmm. and different kinds of taxes, mm-hmm. that money goes mm-hmm. quick, and then you don't. It's, you can't budget for things that you don't know about yeah. things that that pop up. Yeah, um, but here's the deal, really quick, before you go into the next part, and that I think about is like, okay, so. Everyone doesn't necessarily, a lot of people, some people don't have the option to ask for that help, right? Yeah. They don't have someone to ask for it from or to get that assistance from. Mm-hmm. But what I also run into is people who are too prideful to ask for help okay. when they can. Yeah. And so, like, one thing that came to my mind was because of people, like, or some people, many people I run to, like, I don't want to ask for help. I want to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And I just don't really know where this paradigm comes from this mindset that it's not okay to be assisted in your Mm -hmm. journey you know and so when I hear you um saying you know hey I had the opportunity to be able to ask get some assistance in this area I want to pause and just like validate to whoever's listening to this like it's okay to ask for help and asking for help doesn't minimize your effort you know the journey that you're on it doesn't mean that you know it's any less value you know to that process and I guess that's I just want to say that because I think a lot of people are too pride yeah. and it can hinder you yeah. from um, from moving forward into some dope opportunities 100%. because you don't want to ask for help. Yeah, I mean, it was hard sometimes yeah, asking for, yeah. for help because it is pride, right? Yeah. Like you want to you feel like you can handle your life on your own, right. but nobody excels. Nobody right. achieves without right. the help of other people. Right. I'm saying there's a small amount of people that have a very yeah. small percentage of people that have, have never had help. Never. And I don't actually don't know any of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, who makes it without it? Right. No help. But like, so the question then becomes, where do you think, well, I, we will continue to your story. Yeah. But like, that makes me want to think deeper in, well, if no one has ever made it without help, why do people fear getting help? Child, that's the enemy in your mind, mm-hmm. messing with you, mm-hmm. making you, leading you to believe that, because I mean, I've dealt with this. Mm-hmm. It's, if I ask for help, that means I can't, I can't handle mm-hmm. it. And you look, you look incompetent. Mm-hmm. Like you look like you can't mm-hmm. do your life. Right. And like you're, 
Like, but it's, it's somehow I mean, even less though, than. Yeah, but even though it is the enemy using it, the story comes from somewhere. It's, I, I mean, it's lies we tell each other. It's lies from mm-hmm. cultures. And it's, the lack of transparency. Yes. People no, People don't tell you they've been My best friend helped. and I, we talk about this all the time. We, we've included that, that level of intimacy into our relationship mm-hmm. because... Friends need to talk about money. Yeah, like my exactly. my best friend knows my credit score, exactly. and she knows what struggles I have financially. Yes, I, I'm I'm aware. I know general because she's yeah. married. I don't know as many details, but I have yeah. a, a, a understanding of what her and her family. Yeah. Are doing. You gotta have some people that know the insides, the yeah. details to your life. I, we love that. We love yeah. that we're able to share yeah. our financial goals yeah. and like what we're working on. Yeah. And she's she's um, more advanced in that area than I am, mm-hmm. so she often helps Get the me. Help. She helps me. Get the she's help. like, no, you need to you need to do this, boo. Can you I tell <laughs> you that the budget sheet that I use to help the kids that I pastor, because I'm a very practical, yeah. you know, I'm gonna tell you about Jesus, and I'm gonna tell you to let's put together this budget too, and how you gonna live your yes. life. A friend of mine helped me with, you right. know what I'm saying? Like she's older than me, and she's just been through some stuff, and yeah. it's like she helped me uh, budget my life, and I literally use the same sheet. In the same process, because I'm not the expert. Yeah. But I, a system is a system, right? right. So you, you teach me the system, yeah. and I'm living it out. I could replicate it, and Amen. to that point, we don't have to be the experts in everything. But that, I mean, that that speaks to one of the tools that the enemy uses, and I don't mean to over spiritualize no, any no, of it. I mean, but this, it's, listen, we Christians, this is my platform. The fear, the fear, um, mm-hmm. the shame that mm-hmm. comes with like not having or, or not mm-hmm. having enough. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, don't talk about that. Don't mm-hmm. talk about money in mm-hmm. public because people. Are going too many people are going to know your business. Yeah. No, baby, I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. God gave me everything that I have mm-hmm. and everything that I don't have. He, he, you know, He's yeah. teaching me how to get. Right. Period. I, I mean, I don't. I'm not about to sit out here and show everybody my bank account. Right. But I'm happy to, to share the wisdom that yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really where we should be if we're going to use if we're going to be Christians like we say mm-hmm. we are. We got to believe the promises of God. Right. Right. And the word of God says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and And the word of our testimony. And if we're not sharing our testimonies with each other, hence the reason why I even create this platform, then people don't know that they're not so alone in their Mm -hmm. in their journey and that they can also gain insight and wisdom from people that have gone through similar processes. Right. Right. And I I know I I shared one time in something that I wrote, but it was like people can't help you unless they know that you need help. help. Yeah. Nobody's a mind reader. Like part of why I was going why I was in a depression then Mm -hmm. is because I didn't tell anybody how much I was hurting and how much of a failure I felt like Mm -hmm. long then. Mm-hmm. Like a long way back when, yeah. But with my finances, I have grown to a place, and I've had to grow to this place, and I'm still mm-hmm. growing. But to to say, you know what, I don't have it. I'm gonna yeah. need somebody to help me out right yeah. here, and not feel like so ashamed. And I'm still, I mean, I'm still making mistakes. Yeah. I'm not perfect because yeah. I want to feel. I pray all the time that God help me to to be independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rely on other people, mm-hmm. but I also recognize and understand that. It's going. It might be part of the journey. Other people. Yeah. To for me to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so London to Dubai to, to Shanghai. 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 How long were you there? Two months, right? Too much. Too much in Dubai and Shanghai. Okay. Yes. And so after that, after Shanghai, I went back to London for graduation. Okay. So I now have my masters of business, business administration. Congratulations. Degree number three. Um, and then as we were completing um, our MBA, my school offered us a dual degree 
Um, in that, a number. Hold on, that wasn't a two years though. It was a one year. Okay, okay. It was a one year. I'm like, I know time is a blot to me, but no, that no, wasn't no. two years. The whole thing has uh-huh. been eighteen months. The dual degree, they had a diff. They had different subjects. I chose to do my dual degree in what's called disruptive innovation. Mm-hmm. Disruptive innovation is basically studying business models of companies that have disrupted their industry. Mm-hmm. Companies like Uber, Airbnb, mm-hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. Netflix, um, and learning how to take those frameworks, those mm-hmm. business practices, and apply those to any business that we are Mm -hmm. going to be working in or companies that we're going to create ourselves right so for me my idea my thinking is that i'll take these disruptive innovative practices Mm -hmm. apply it to church Mm. or take these disruptive innovative practices and apply it to my nonprofit. gotcha i had no intention in working in a corporate setting Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. many of my classmates um I'm a, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, so I definitely mm-hmm. will, you know, create companies. But mm-hmm. that was my thinking going into it. They offered it on a full scholarship mm-hmm. for six months in San Francisco, which is where I live now. That's um, crazy. And that program will end in a number of weeks. I have at the end of March. And so that's his own master's. That's his own master's. In what? Disruptive innovation. Oh, that is what it's called. Yep. So I'll have that's number four masters of disruptive innovation. That's crazy. And along the way, along the way, you developed your prayer book. Talk about that. Oh man, I started writing the prayer book. It was last summer, I believe, because I was in Shanghai when I was writing it. Mm -hmm. It had kind of just been on me. I had been getting a lot of questions from whether they be friends or. followers just asking about prayer like what what do they pray and how do they pray and things Mm -hmm. what i thought were very simple Mm -hmm. foundational questions about prayer yeah um so i was like okay i'm tired of repeating myself let me just put Put it it all in a book (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna put it all in a book and that way if somebody asks me again they can refer (laughs) to the book and i know that like, God help me write the book. Mm-hmm. It is nothing profound in this book, I promise you, if you've been a Christian for a long time. But, I mean, you can say that about the Bible. Why do we write any Christian books in the first place? It's because we, yeah. you have a, a special a sound, a voice, an yeah. uh, insight, a revelation. Uh, and there may be 7,000 of books in the same yeah. field, but yeah. your specific book is supposed to reach a particular person okay. in a certain kind of way. So yeah. I, I would like to take away the idea that there's nothing profound. It's actually very profound because it's your voice. Okay. You got it. Continue. <laughs> um, but it's, it really is just basics about prayer. Mm-hmm. Just where do I start and how do I navigate this whole thing of prayer? And it, it should allow you to grow. I think mm-hmm. if after reading it, you will feel um, like a like a little bit bigger and stronger. Yeah. A little more in your, equipped. In your prayer life. It's yeah. a tool to strengthen your prayer life. Yes. I love it. Quinn, this has been quite a journey you've been on for the past couple of years. And we've talked about like those stages and like some of the transitions, but we didn't dive into who have you developed? How have you seen yourself develop as a person mm-hmm. and um, some changes you've you know seen in your own life and your own character, your own you know strengths. And also to the person, to the woman that's listening to this right now who may be struggling um, in their own faith and making some moves with God, like how would you encourage mm-hmm. or speak to them, um, especially since you've been through so much? Yeah. Yeah. I would primarily say that my heart has expanded Mm. um, for other people 
um, since traveling because I have been able to experience and witness so many varieties of life. Mm -hmm. I remember being in Shanghai and seeing people live on what we would deem as barely nothing, Mm -hmm. like in government housing, Mm -hmm. and they were the happiest people I'd ever seen. You know, they just they just had a joy about them. Mm-hmm. And I've also lived in Dubai, which is one of the wealthiest mm-hmm. countries in the world. Like, every other car is a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people kind of, they it's, it's a piece there, but you can tell there's, like, restrictions mm-hmm. in the way that you move about around the world. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. being back in America, living, it, it took some adjustment when I got back, but my heart, I feel for people. I have a better compassion for people mm-hmm. in like the way that they either rationalize, you know, the things that they say mm-hmm. or the things that they do. I understand better, you know, where people may have may come from mm-hmm. and I understand even the stereotypes that we've mm-hmm. created in in the world. That's probably the biggest thing that I, that has changed about me. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't a compassionate person before, but that that's probably like the noticeable change. Mm-hmm. As far as my faith is concerned, though, I had to be intentional every step of the way while mm-hmm. I was out of the country. Mm-hmm. And even since I um, made the decision to make ministry my life, mm-hmm. um, it has forced me to be intentional about my relationship with God, especially mm-hmm. being out of the country because I, I, I had a hard time finding um, churches or mm-hmm. communities of faith where I could grow mm-hmm. and express myself freely. Mm-hmm. Um, but additionally, God sends people to me to where like I have to have the answer. Well, mm-hmm. not even I have to have mm-hmm. the answer, but I want to be I want to be equipped with mm-hmm. the answer, which forces you back to your word, which forces me to go study mm-hmm. because I don't want to be one of those quote unquote preachers, mm-hmm. pastors, ministers of God's or even a Christian mm-hmm. bump all the titles, mm-hmm. a Christian who can't answer questions for people who are lost, yeah. right? And I don't want to be. Well, you know, I think no. I need to know that go, I know that yeah, I know. Yeah, go get the clarity. It's there. It's not hiding. Right. So it, the, that this whole journey has forced me to yeah to make yeah. sure that I was right with God mm-hmm. in God's presence. And I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm no version of perfect. Okay, so playing playing devil's advocate. If I'm yeah. like, I don't know what that means. What do you mean you were intentional about your relationship with God? What do you mean you had to be right? What does that look like yeah. on a daily practical basis? I had to I had to set out time to be with. God uh-huh. to be in his presence to mm-hmm. read the Bible mm-hmm. to to study the Bible mm-hmm. to pray to mm-hmm. fast mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't be I couldn't it couldn't be haphazard yeah. like it couldn't just be, be on a whim absolutely yeah. not if that meant I had to schedule it which yeah. I still do yeah. that means I have to schedule like it anything else like that's anything, important to you like anything else that's important to me and I, I read my Bible in the morning and at night mm-hmm not going to bed mm-hmm. until I read my Bible. I don't care how tired mm-hmm. I am. I'm like, girl, you better read a verse. Mm-hmm. You read a chapter. You do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Write in your in journal. You. Just get it in, girl. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, it's don't leave this house until you pray. Mm-hmm. You need to cover yourself. That's mm-hmm. that's what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. I need to be covered and mm-hmm. equipped mm-hmm. to go face whatever God giants has. and demons you got to slay for the out, day. Because they out there. Because they, <laughs> right, they on their assignments. Ain't slacking. Okay. Ain't slacking on there. <laughs> so what we out here doing? Yeah. Because whether we get it in or not, they are on cue, on assignment. That, that is the true truth. <laughs> Listen. 
So um, I'm listening in and I'm deathly afraid to make some like major moves in my life right now. But I feel like God is pulling me in a certain direction. Like, Mm. what do you have to say to me? Well, how can you kind of help me in this in this space? I think it's a dangerous thing for in for a believer Mm. to clearly understand that God is telling them to do something Mm -hmm. and to follow that with a but Mm. God told me God told me to move Mm. to LA but I'm I'm comfortable here Mm -hmm. that is dangerous Mm -hmm. that's dangerous but it doesn't belong in our vocabulary it doesn't it doesn't so I would encourage anybody and this is what I tell all of my my young mentees they will tell you because they like to post about this my whole thing is obedience Mm -hmm. I don't care how big or how small it is. Mm-hmm. If God tell you to do cross it. the street, you cross the street. Do it. Just do it when he say do it. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of heartache. It'll yeah. save the people around you a lot of heartache. Huh. And you have you have no idea. I mean there 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 are small instances when people were was were were narrowly obedient mm-hmm. to the word of God, mm-hmm. the voice of God, mm-hmm. the heart of God, mm-hmm. and it saved their life. Mm-hmm. You you have no idea their life and the lives of people yes. around them, depending on who. So we're I would just about. encourage if if you are unsure to to move to to start something to mm-hmm. do to do something if you have an inkling if you have a a holy discontent about mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. be obedient to the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for you. Mm-hmm. Cause if you do that, you'll be in good you shape. You'll be in good shape. You can't lose. Yeah. All right, Queen. So if people wanted to uh, follow your blog or get a copy of your prayer book or just, yeah. you know, continue to follow your journey, how can they get in contact with you? Or I am Quinn Harkless everywhere on the interwebs. Okay. Quinn Harkless is Q-U-I-N-N. <laughs> <laughs> H-A-R-K-L-E-S-S. That is my handle on Everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That is also my website. So okay, it's quinnharkless.com cool. and you'll be able to find me there. Send me an email. Drop me a DM. I, I try to respond. I'm with it. <laughs> I try to respond. Um, yeah, I want to talk to the peoples. Come on. Another dope conversation. Thank you for being transparent with me today yeah. and allowing your transparency with me yes. to touch our listeners Thank for, you for today. Thank you for having me, Liana. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Shopping Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at the Queen Liana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com. 